This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, March 13th, 2016. You are with me, Psalm 23, 6. beautiful rendition of Psalm 23. Precious. <clears throat> well, good morning, Connection Church. My name is Lori Brown. I'm the pastor of spiritual formation here at Connection and a sinner who's been saved by God's grace. Would you pray with me, please? Holy God, we thank you for this incredible day that you have given us. Lord, we thank you for each person here. Just pray right now that you would settle us in, open our hearts, our minds, our ears, our eyes, just to everything that you have for us this morning, Lord. You are so good. Lord, we give this time to you. Change us and transform us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We are currently in the fifth week of Lent. Lent is the season in the church where we examine and we prepare our hearts for the journey to the cross. The journey that Jesus took to the cross and to the grave for each and every one of us. During this time of self-examination, we are reminded that God is with us. God is with us on the journey. Today we complete our exploration of Psalm 23. So let's start with a short recap. King David is the author of this psalm. David knew the Lord since he was a boy. This psalm most likely was written after David had walked with the Lord many years, and he actually experienced the truths and the future hope that is contained within this psalm. The psalm begins with a personal statement by David where he professes, Say it with me. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. This is a bold declaration where David recognizes himself and acknowledges the Lord as his personal shepherd. It reflects David's 
humility. David's king, and he is bowing down to the Lord, who is his shepherd king. It also reveals his dependence and his trust in the Lord to provide for all of his needs. David likens himself to a sheep. He knows that sheep without a shepherd are without hope. So as mentioned at the beginning of this series, sheep are essentially dumb, defenseless, and directionless. And many times we resemble sheep more than most of us would like to admit. I know I do. Just as sheep have a tendency to wander from the shepherd's care, so do we. Do we have any wandering sheep in the room today? Admitting it is really the first step. So let's continue with the next verse. Say it with me. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. So we have such a loving Lord. He loves us so much that he leads us to those quiet places that take us away from all the flurry and the activity of our life, all the busyness, all the noise, so we can sit down, sit down at his feet, read the word of God, and listen to him speak to our hearts. If you have not done that in a while, we encourage you to find some time to sit down and listen to him speak to your heart. He is talking. When I was 19, Jesus was not the shepherd of my heart. I was attempting to be my own shepherd. Is anyone else doing that? Attempting to be their own shepherd or allowing someone other than Jesus to shepherd them? So at that time, I had accumulated many points on my driver's license. <laughs> and when the insurance company became aware of this, my insurance rates increased so much that I couldn't afford to drive for a year as a direct consequence of my driving behavior. Now, looking back after my initial foxhole prayers as a non-believer in God, crying, whining, and complaining, this was the perfect time for God to sit me down next to some quiet waters where I could begin to really hear the Lord calling my name in the distance, Lori, this way, come on. You know what's interesting? When you can't drive, you spend a lot of time walking <laughs> and waiting. Walking and waiting, waiting for the dart bus, waiting for people to pick you up. That year actually turned out to be one of the most peaceful years I've had prior to becoming a Christian. Beautiful year. I'm sharing this story because I want everyone to know that God loves you and desires to be 
shepherd. He wants Jesus to be shepherd over all of us, every one of us, those who desire his shepherding, shepherding and those who currently don't. One of the things Jesus does is he goes after to find the lost sheep. I was a lost sheep. I'm so thankful, so thankful that the shepherd found me wandering around out there and called me into his fold. I am so thankful that I invited Jesus to be my shepherd. Let's continue together. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. So Jesus never promised us that we would not have hard times that evil would not be around us, that we would not experience dark valleys, or that we would not pass through the valley of the shadow of death. In fact, the complete opposite is true. We will likely experience many of those things at various times of your life. We've all had valley times, and maybe some of you are in those times right now, but sooner or later, every one of us, we will all walk through the valley of the shadow of death. As we discussed last week, when Jesus is our shepherd, he promises that he will be with us through those times. His rod and his staff will comfort us. We do not have to fear evil because Jesus is right there with us, right next to us by our side. If you're going through one of those valley times, try to even picture that Jesus is right there with you. He is right next to you. I don't know about you, but my darkest days with Jesus as my shepherd are not as dark, lonely, or fearful as the many days and years I have had without him. The bottom line is when we become one of God's sheep, we no longer have to travel through this life alone. When the Lord is our personal shepherd, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, he will lead us, he will guide us, he will provide for us, he will protect us on the journey. Say this next part. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There is so much in this last verse. When I looked at the Hebrew text and the meaning of these words, I began to see the richness and the immense love that God has for each and every one of you, each and every one of us. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. This statement is really about two main things. The first is our future hope and belief that God's goodness and mercy will follow us. 
It is behind us, following us all the days of our life. God was faithful to David in the past. Even those times when David felt trapped, God made a way for him, just as God will make a way for us. God even prepared a table before him in the presence of his enemies. The shepherd's goodness and mercy is so full of God's divine love. It teaches us over time to be humble and gentle in spirit, even when we're being corrected by the shepherd's rod, we can find comfort. The Lord's past goodness and mercy in our lives can be a great reminder to trust, a great reminder to trust that his goodness and mercy will continue in the future. See, we all have times when we wonder, God, where are you? I'm in this dark place. Where are you? And we have to remember and think about the, the past times. God has got us through those things in the past. He will get us through them again. And we have to have that trust and faith that, faith that God's goodness and mercy is going to be for us through everything. The longer we walk with the Lord, the more we understand we really have more in common with sheep than we first thought. That we really are dumb, defenseless, and directionless without a shepherd. <laughs> we may want to go our own way and think no harm's going to come to us, right? And then we've discovered that we have gone over a cliff. Now, for those of you who were here on Ash Wednesday, you will get the deeper meaning of that statement. You can still listen to that message online. But thanks to the Lord's goodness and mercy, unlike the shepherds in that story, who took their eyes off the sheep while eating lunch, Jesus keeps his eyes on the flock around the clock 24-7. Jesus is the good shepherd. Now, goodness is one of God's attributes. God can't help but be good. In 1 Chronicles 16.34, is just one of several verses that read, say it with me, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Many of you may notice that we have sung these lyrics from time to time. David and the Israelites sang these exact words after they first brought the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem when David was king. The Ark of the Covenant was a physical reminder for the people of God's everlasting promise, his covenant promise to dwell among the people forever. So this psalm reminds us that not only is the Lord's goodness and mercy in front of us, right? It's in front of us. It's leading us and guiding us to these green pastures. But God's goodness and mercy, it's right there with us through those darkest valleys in our lives, right there with us. And there's more, God's goodness and mercy is following us 
and pursuing us. It's behind us. In one sense, God is all around us. Isn't that awesome? It's awesome to know that the Lord's goodness and mercy follows us all the days of our lives. So the second point is that the Hebrew word that's translated mercy in the English Standard Version and in other versions of this psalm is translated love or loving kindness. It's hasid. The Hebrew language is so full of richness, there are typically not one-to-one word translations in English. So the word hasid is so big. It refers to God's loving kindness, God's faithful action in our life over time, God's mercy and unconditional love for his people. It's really connected with his covenant loyalty and his promise, pouring out his love and keeping his promises over the long haul. In Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 9, Moses speaks to the people about his covenant loyalty, his goodness, his mercy. He says, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his hesed, his goodness, his mercy, his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. So not only is God's loving kindness following us and pursuing us all the days of our lives, but it also follows after us. It follows after us in the lives that we touch and the lives that you touch, others in the body of Christ, the lives that you touch through him. His goodness and mercy, it goes through generation after generation after generation after generation. So before God became my personal shepherd, God was certainly ahead of me. He was attempting to get my attention. He was calling out, Lori, this way. He was wooing me, drawing me into a sheepfold by his loving kindness. However, God's goodness, mercy, and covenant love were not behind me at that time. They were not following me. Do you know what was following me? Prior to that time, death was following and pursuing me. And I didn't even know it. This statement might be really alarming to some, but it's true. I had not yet received the gift of eternal life through a personal relationship with Jesus as my shepherd. Just as Moses declares to the people, I have set before you life and death. I had not chosen life yet. We have to make a choice. Not making a choice is making a choice. Blessing and curses 
Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God. Listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life. And he will give you many years in the land he swore to give your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Is the Lord your shepherd? It is a choice. The moment we invite Jesus to be our personal shepherd, we choose the path of life. When that happens, the cord of death is cut and God's goodness and mercy and covenant love begin to immediately follow us. I don't know about you, but since I invited Jesus to be my Lord and shepherd, I have experienced this multiplication of the amount of love in my life. Not only does God pour out his goodness and mercy on me individually, but he sends real people into our lives. He sends real people into my life to do the same thing. They pour out their love and mercy on us and others. That's what you guys do. You're pouring out your love and mercy on others. I have never in all my life truly been so loved by so many people. My circle of love when I was back there when I was 19 might have been about this big. As a believer, our, the circle is like endless. God's goodness and mercy is being poured out on a regular basis by the actions of God's people. That's us right here in our church community and around the world. I am blown away by just how big God's family is and the impact that we can and do have. We get to witness God's divine covenant, love, goodness, and mercy flow through you all, the body of Christ, all the time. And I know you see it too. It's overwhelming to watch it has helped restore broken relationships, families, and marriages right here in this congregation. It has provided shelter for those who have experienced tragedy right here in this congregation. It has us forgive when we didn't think we could. God's goodness and mercy and love moved our hearts to build a school in India to send Operation Christmas Child boxes around the world to let children know just how much God loves them. That there is a good shepherd who sees them and is calling out to them like he was calling out to me. It propels people within our congregation to feed and care for the poor, both here locally and around the world. God's covenant love is one of the most powerful things there is. Remember, it goes on for generation and generation and generation. So here's the question for us. 
Are we stepping out in faith and allowing the shepherd's goodness and mercy and covenant love to flow through us? Is God's covenant love following you? Say the next line with me. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Jesus, the good shepherd, is preparing not only a table for us in the presence of our enemies, but he tells us in John 14, 1 through 3, that he is preparing an eternal dwelling where we will live with the Lord forever. Jesus says in John 14, 1 through 3, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. That's easy for us to do, right? There's a lot of people who believe in God. You believe in God. And he tells them, believe also in me. Believe that I am his son who came to seek and save the lost. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you also may be where I am. So this passage is commonly used at funerals and it reminds us that life here on earth is not the final destination. Jesus makes a bold promise to his sheep in John 10, 27 to 29. He says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I, Jesus, give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, never. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given to them to me, is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. So not even death can harm us. Jesus gives his sheep eternal life. One day we will all pass through the valley of the shadow of death. But as his sheep, we will not experience death. Remember that as soon as we invited him to be the shepherd of our lives, he took and cut the cord of death that cut us off from him. His goodness and mercy and his covenant love are what follow us and pursue us all the days of our earthly life. And we shall then dwell with Jesus in the house of the Lord forever. We hope that if Jesus is not currently your personal shepherd, that today might be the day that you invite him in. He has a really 
big house. <laughs> really big. And we pray that you accept the invitation. Will you invite him in? So these last words of the psalm, they're really a declaration, a declaration of our faith because we say them and we believe them by faith. So let's say this last line together. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So as we close this series on Psalm 23, we hope that your eyes have been opened to some of the richness, the truth, and the comfort that is found behind these words. So let's together, in faith and confidence, say the entire psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So Connection Church, this is the good news. Let's live it. Let's believe it. Let's pray. Holy God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, shepherd of our souls, Lord, we thank you for your word and your truth found in Scripture. We just pray that as you spoke to each one of us during this morning, that we will continue to meditate and think about your word, Lord, during the week. That we will, you, we will remember that your goodness and mercy follow us. Help us, Lord, to pour that out generation after generation after generation. Lord, we thank you for this time. You are our shepherd king. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.